Our testimony is important. And the call today for all people through the work of the Holy Spirit is to believe and to live. I'm one of those people that believed by the grace of God. And today I live. And as good as news as that is, there's a whole lot of people in this world today that they just don't have good news. They, they're not living. Doesn't that just hurt us a little bit today to think that at this very moment there are people in our community, people in our, in our families, people in our circle of friends, in our workplaces that just don't have life. You and I today, we have life. We, we're able to enjoy life, not based on our own good works or, or what we've done, but because of a good and gracious God who through His Holy Spirit convicted us, through the Son sent Him to be that propitiation for our sin, that, that shed blood upon the cross. Today we can believe and live. And, and the call of the church is not just to, to add numbers. The call of the church is not just to continue in a ministry, and a business. But our call today is to take the good news to the world that people might know Jesus. That people might believe and live. That's where we're at today. That's, that's the, should be the, should be the crux of everything that we are. Everything that we do as a church should be focused on the fact that if people will believe in Jesus Christ, they can have life. And Jesus didn't just say life, amen? He said life more abundantly. It's better than what, anything we could imagine. Life is good. Our God is good. And today I want to talk about our testimony. I want to talk about the power that is in our tongues. The power that is in our life. It's not of ourselves, but it is of God. Look at John chapter 1, starting with verse 19. This morning, let us look at the testimony of John the Baptist who, who came. He was, he was a person who, who was convicted by God to do the right thing, to prepare the way of Jesus. And truly today, we as the church, we are preparing the way for Christ's return. We're the, we're the same boat. So his testimony, it, it lends credence to our lives today. Like Our testimony is important. Listen to this, verse 19. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed. And he did not deny, but confessed. I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are, are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I... I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now, they had been sent from the Pharisees. Mark that in your notes, please. They asked him, then why are you baptizing? If you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet, John answered them, I baptize with water. But among you stands one who you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, 
where John was baptizing. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, we know your word is speaking to us today. God, as we read through this this morning, I, I pray we examine our own walk, that we examine our own testimony, and that, Lord, we will feel that holy call from you to share our testimony, to share that good news that, that is within us so that people may believe and live in your most holy name. Amen. Our testimonies, it's powerful. What, what you have, your, your story is a, is a powerful story. God can use it. It's, it's not about just one person having a powerful story and we build a ministry around that, but it's the, the story of the body. If you think about it just off the top, where were we all heading before Jesus? We were heading for hell, weren't we? We were hopeless. We were vagabonds. We were destitute. But because of what Jesus did, you and I have life. You and I have a story to tell, a story that applies to the people that God is calling, the world. Jesus didn't come just to save the Baptists, believe it or not. He came that the whole world might know him. And John here, we we see an example of a testimony. And I want to talk about testimonies a little bit this morning. Well, what does a good testimony do? Well, a testimony is a compelling story. It's the most powerful tool that the church has today. Y'all might think, well, you know, uh, our, our, our kids' ministry, our youth ministry, our, our senior adult ministry, our sewing ministry, our music ministry, our pastoral ministry is the most powerful ministry in the church. And I have to say I disagree with all of those. Truly the most powerful ministry we have today is our own testimony. And, and those ministries are more powerful when we share our testimony there. Amen? That, that's, the, that's the crux of, of Christianity today is that we're sharing our testimony. Fast forward in time a little bit from where we're at here. In Matthew 28 in particular, Jesus was talking to His disciples. And He told them, uh, you know, I'm going to heaven, so you guys build a church and just sit inside the building and just look at each other. And gripe about how long the preacher preaches. And bring a, bring a, a crock pot once a month and we'll have a dinner. It's not what Jesus said at all, is it? Now, I'm a good Baptist and I love a good crock pot. But I'll tell you something today. Jesus didn't call us to stay here. He called us to go. And go with what? Go with our testimony that people may believe and live. Our testimony is powerful. It's compelling. It's the most powerful tool that we have to demonstrate who Jesus is. To demonstrate how he has changed us. And John gives his testimony here. This is in the John show, by the way. You know, we, we see in most Bibles it'll have a little uh, heading there. It says the testimony of John the Baptist. But really, when we see the testimony of a true saint of God, it's really just a testimony of what God can do. That's what John's talking about when we read through this, as you're reflecting on it, as we've read through it already. Our testimony, it talks about before. How many of you guys got a story before Jesus? Some of us were really bad at some point, probably. Honestly, we were all bad. You know, your pastor, I don't have a, a great testimony as far as, uh, you know, I was a gangster, believe it or not. 
how I went to prison and I, you know, murdered a bunch of people. I don't have that kind of testimony. But I have a testimony that says this, that if it wasn't for Jesus, <laughs> where would I be today? If I wasn't for Jesus, there would be no hope. If, I wasn't, if it wasn't for Jesus, I don't know what my life would look like. We all have a before testimony. Before you met Christ. What, what were some of our needs that we had before Jesus? I think we were all searching for happiness, weren't we? We were all searching for life. We were all searching for meaning. We all have a before testimony. And the solution we found was in Jesus, and that's the how. If we have a before, what was the how? The how was in knowing Jesus. The, the how was in hearing the call of the gospel and, and, and understanding that God loved us. And then we followed Him because He opened our minds and our eyes to see the truth of the situation. People that sin, and they sin consistently, and they're living apart from God, they don't even know what they're doing. Don't get too judgmental on the people in the world who are living strange lives. They're lost. They're truly lost. You may look at some people in the world today and say, how can they live like that? How can, you know, we, we ask the question, how could someone murder their own child before they're born? You ever ask that question? Maybe. How, how, could, how could someone mistreat their children? How could someone cheat on their wife or their husband? How, how could someone do these things? The, the way they can do it is because we as people are depraved and sinful. And the how to, to cure that is Jesus. Let the church say amen to that. That's the answer today. It's Jesus. Circumstances that cause us to consider Jesus were the Holy Spirit opening our eyes to see, oh my goodness, what a mess I've made. So in our testimonies, we're not just talking about our, our sin. I, I've known guys that told their testimony, and they like to focus on the, the before more than anything else. I like to talk about how bad they were, how OG they were. Which, by the way, if someone changed my go sign in my office to OG, I applaud you. That's, that's interesting that we have, some, we have some jokesters in our church, I suppose. I looked up at my, uh, my desk yesterday, and it said OG. And I guess, I guess somebody thinks I'm an original gangster, apparently. But the call of the church is not OG, it's to go. It's to go forward. Tell how you trusted in Jesus. How was it? He came to me. He saw me in my desperation. And then, of course, we can talk about the after, amen? What's, what's the difference now in our testimony? What, what is the difference that how Christ met our needs and how he is now contributing to our life? That he's making life possible right now. I can't brag about all the good stuff God's doing in my life. It's all because of Him. Our testimonies are powerful. We should be using them. Some of us today may be saying, well, I don't know how to share my testimony. You know how you can start? Go home today, get a pen, a paper, a tablet, a typewriter, whatever you use at home, okay? Get that stuff out and just write it. Write, write the before. Write the how. What happened to change the before. And then write what's going on now. That's your testimony. It's powerful. And we need to be sharing that. John's testimony here is, is one that doesn't just point to himself. The first point I want us to look at this morning out of John's testimony is that our testimony should ultimately point to Christ. It's not about me. I'm just a worthless sinner, but because of Jesus, he loved me. And now I just got a different standing. I've been adopted into the family of God. 
Today I can, I can do more. I can be more than a conqueror through Christ. Our testimonies point to Jesus. It's the, the Holy Spirit's job to convict us. It's God's job to judge us. And it's my job to love people. That's what Billy Graham said. How do we share our testimony? You love people. You love people. I've talked with a couple of the staff members over the past two weeks. It's interesting. This, this, this whole theme keeps coming up. Jesse and I talked about this morning. How do we love certain people who are confused or lost? You love them. The Holy Spirit will convict them. God will judge them and Jesus will set them free. That's the work of the Trinity. That's the work of the gospel. And so the church's job is to love people. How do we love people? Do we just tell them, oh, you're a good person. You'll get through this. Do we just pat them on the back? No. We tell them our testimony. We love them enough to tell them the truth. To tell them what can be. Our testimony is powerful in that way. I had that quote there by Billy Graham. You know, it's, it's powerful because Billy Graham's story was powerful. You know, a lot of people don't understand, but Billy Graham wasn't always a big-time evangelist. One time he was a farm boy that couldn't hardly talk without stuttering. But God used that man, amen? We see that in his, in his testimony. And, and the call today is to understand that our testimonies don't point to ourselves. I've seen Billy Graham twice in my life before he passed away. I got to see him in person, you know? It's really cool. But what I really remember about a Billy Graham crusade is not so much Billy Graham. I remember Jesus being proclaimed. The Billy Graham I saw both times, they walked him out, and he had a fancy chair they had built so he could sit, but it looked like he was standing. He was, he was on up in years, but he was still proclaiming the good news. And what I really see in the life of Billy Graham is not the life of Billy Graham, but I see the life of Jesus coming through him. Our testimony should ultimately point to Jesus. It should point to Jesus. When we're looking at this, this passage of Scripture here, Verse 20, they ask him, hey, who are you? And it says he confessed. He did not deny, but he confessed, I am not Jesus. And honestly, what he says there is, I'm not the Christ. If you look at church history, there was a lot of Christ who came before Jesus. There was actually, uh, if you think about it, the word Christian was a dirty word to the Roman Empire. Not just because of people who followed Jesus, but, but this idea of Christ was a, was a dirty word to the Roman Empire. It was really a political group. It was a group of people who were looking to have someone come and take over the Romans. I know what Christian means to you and I today. Don't misconstrue what I'm saying. But during that time, there were other Christ who came. There were other people who were trying to lead these political movements. And the Roman empires hated that. They, they, they didn't want that. They, they were trying to get away from that. They wanted to keep their power. And here you see, I told you guys to mark in your notes there that, that these people, where did they come from? They came from the Pharisees, these religious people. When they're talking about Christ here, they're not talking about the same thing in the same way that you and I talk about Christ. They're talking about something that was, was trying to knock down society, knock down their way of life. And when they ask him here, are you the Christ? He says, I'm not Christ. I'm not a political movement. I'm just someone who's preparing the way. He points back to Jesus, right? 
Christ meant something different to those people during that time. It was kind of like saying, uh, are, are you a Democrat? Are you a Republican? That's really what the question was here. It was deeper than just, are you Jesus? They didn't know who Jesus was. Jesus hadn't came on the scene yet. He's about to. They hadn't been exposed to his teachings. and They hadn't been exposed to him dying up on the cross. They hadn't been exposed to him raising from the dead. They hadn't been exposed to him building churches that have potluck dinners. That that's, hadn't happened yet. They're, they're concerned about turmoil in their society. The Pharisees were kind of, they were pretty much happy in their situation. Most Pharisees, tax collectors, people of that nature during that time, they had it going pretty good for them, even though they were under the Roman rule. It was comfortable for them. But Jesus didn't come to do politics. Amen? He didn't come to do that. What he came to do was to set people free. And you and I today, we're pointing towards Jesus, not to ourselves. We're pointing towards him because he's the, the way, the truth, and the life. Second point I want us to look at this morning, not only is our testimony pointing towards Jesus, but our testimony is a personal story of God's work of redemption. God's work of redemption. Your story is not about you. It's pointing towards Jesus and what's it about? How, how Jesus redeemed me. How I've been redeemed. You guys remember the old hymn? Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Man, I love that song. The reason I love that song is because it is a testimony of a true believer in Jesus Christ. We are a redeemed people. We're, we're changed forever. Our testimony is that personal story. What is it that Jesus did to redeem you? Remember earlier I said it's, you know, our testimonies are about the before, what happened to change it, and then the after. That's our testimony. It's, just, it's like a full spectrum type thing here. But our testimony is that personal story of God doing something big in your life. John is quick to separate his work from the work of the other saints. Some of the questions they ask him, they say, well, you know, are you the prophet Isaiah? What did he say? No. <laughs> is that who you are? Because you sound like the prophet Isaiah. You're kind of crazy. You smell funny. You eat weird things. You're some weird prophet, apparently, right? Being a, a kid of the 90s, there was a band... Their name was DC Talk. Anybody ever heard of them? They had a song called Jesus Freak. They sing all about John the Baptist, you know. I'd rap it for you. I really can do it, but I'm not going to this morning. There was a man from the desert with naps on his head. <laughs> I'm not going to go through that. But the story of John the Baptist, understand, he wasn't, he wasn't probably the most beautiful person to look at. He lived in the desert for crying out loud. I've pet a camel before, right? You ever touched a camel? I have. But more importantly, when you see a camel in person, you also smell it. <laughs> you think sheep smell bad? Yeah. It's, it's worse than that. But they asked him, are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the, are you the prophet? Not just prophet? Are you a prophet? Are you the prophet? He answered, no. The big question was, who are you? You know what the world's asking the church today? Who, who we are? What's our answer to them? The world's looking, who are you? You tell them you go to First Baptist Church in McLeod, they're trying to figure out who you are. Because here's the thing, a lot of people have a, have a picture of what the church is. 
It's not good. You turn on the news and all you see is pastors who fell, right? So um, I quote this week, an article this week about a, a pastor who's, who's telling people this. A televangelist, if you will. He, he's telling people, you know the reason Jesus hadn't came back yet? Catch this deep theology this guy had. He said the reason that Jesus hasn't came back yet is because we haven't given enough money to the church. This is what the world's exposed to, right? This same man, I'll tell you, 20 years ago, he came down to southeast Oklahoma and in churches that couldn't even afford to put new roofs on their church. There was a church in Quinton, Oklahoma that literally had a hole in its roof from a hailstorm. They couldn't even afford to put a new roof on that church and it leaked. And that church went and gave $10,000 to this false prophet. This is 20 years ago. This guy's still running the same thing. That's sad, isn't it? When you think about it. That, that that's the idea that, well, if we give enough money, then Jesus will come back. That's not what he says in Scripture. Actually, what we're taught in Scripture about Jesus' second coming is that we don't know. <laughs> the deep theologians here in Scripture said, you know what? We don't know. We don't know when he's coming back, but we need to be ready. And so, therefore, our testimony is powerful because people need to be ready. They need to be ready to, to, to see Christ come again. And the question here is, who are you? The world's looking at the church today. They're looking at First Baptist Church of McLeod. And they're saying, who are you guys? And we need to tell them. We need to show them. We need to love them. We need to point them back to Jesus. Point them back to who he is. And what's cool is if we're giving them a personal testimony, we don't just say, well, as the church, we're, you know, we were incorporated. What, what was the year? 19, 1918? Well, I don't know what the date is. 1889? My goodness. Okay, so we're older than I thought we were. I wake up every morning and think the same thing. Man, I didn't realize I was that old. Hey, okay, so this church has been here a long time, right? And you can tell people that, but are they really going to be, like, you know, impressed with that? I mean, for crying out loud, we just got through Christmas season. You probably more than once heard the B.C. Clark song, too, right? Since 1892. Well, that makes me want to buy a ring right now. Joni rejoices. (laughs) The world needs more than a date of when we started. They need your personal testimony. They need you to, to, to... And how do we get a personal testimony to someone? We become friends to them. We become people who are approachable. We become people who they can come to and talk to. We love them. Because our our testimony, again, is not about ourselves, but it's about telling about God's redemptive work. It's about pointing people back to to Jesus. John MacArthur says, it's not really our sins that make us weep. They have a part in it. It's when we see the kind of Savior we have sinned against that really makes us weep. You ever had had a child in your home that did something wrong? And they cry because they get caught. I've got a two-year-old, so yes, I can say yes to this. I don't really think he gets upset because he offended dad. Maybe sometimes. But a lot of us are like little children. And, and we're sad because we got caught. 
But when you really have your eyes open to the goodness of God, your personal testimony, the way it should be, you're sad because you offended God. You're, you're sad because that, that's really deeper than just what you did, but the fact that you came against God and who he is. I don't know about you guys, but I, I've experienced Jesus in a real way. I, I've been forever changed. I don't say that braggingly because I couldn't have done it on my own. It was, a work of, it was a work of God. And when I think about my personal testimony, it's good because I'm telling of a God who, <laughs> he didn't have to love me, but he did. And there was a point in Daniel's life when I, I wasn't sad because I had sinned. I was sad because I sinned against God and hurt him. That's, that's powerful when you think about it. Most of us, when we get pulled over by the highway patrol, we're not sad because we offended that police officer. <laughs> we're sad because we got caught, right? We're sad. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. We're sad because, man, I got caught. We got to get out of that mindset. The will of God is that people might know him. The will of God is that the world might know him. And, and our, our, our mindset needs to change. It needs to change drastically. We want to live in such a way that God is pleased all the time. Not because it's going to earn us salvation. We, under, we understand that's not going to happen. But, but the reason we want to do that is because we want to bring glory to God. The, the whole idea of, of, of being in that will of God is that we're bringing glory to him. We have to be doing that. We have to be going down that road. As the church, man, we could, we could sit here all day and come up with formulas as to how we can do this or do that, how we can be better at this, better at that. And that's good that we have those conversations. But ultimately, we need to understand that God, God is in this. And we want to bring him glory. When you guys step up on stage, worship team, you're not just up here to lead worship, whether there's 50 people here or 500 people. You're here because you want to see glory brought to God, regardless. I've preached my entire life since I was 15, you know. I've preached in front of two people. I've preached in front of thousands of people. I've preached in front of people who understood what I was saying. I've preached in front of people who didn't understand what I was saying. I was preaching through an interpreter. The thing is, is that it's a personal story, but it's a work of God that we're talking about. But when you make it personal, it makes people to see, you know what, that can be me too. That we're all just sinners who need to be set free. Sinners who need to be set free. The last point I want us to look at this morning, it says our testimony should match the works in our life. Everybody say Amen. That's not, a, that's not a message you guys want to, you know, that's, that's a bad probably last point to make this morning. <laughs> you guys need to, to be what you say you are, right? Oh, that preacher's pointing at me again. You guys remember back in the 90s, we had a president, he never pointed, you know, because that was rude, right? I remember taking those classes in college. You don't point at people when you're on stage. It makes them feel bad. President Clinton always he was like this, right? You know, he never pointed at people. I want to tell you something. Scripture is pointing at us today. Scripture is pointing at us right in our face, church. See this. John here, he's, he, he says this. He tells him, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, verse 23. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. Here he still is, you know, he's, he's not claiming to be something. He's not claiming to be some big person. He's just saying, here's my message. Make straight a way for the Lord. 
And they ask him, why, why are you baptizing? You're not Christ. You're not Elijah. You're not the prophet. You're not Billy Graham. <laughs> You're not any of these things. You're nothing special. What, what are you doing? And he says, well, I baptize with water, but there's someone in your midst you're missing. Who's he talking to here? People who thought they knew everything. He's talking to the religious people, and he's like, there's someone standing right in your midst, and you don't even see it. You're missing it. I've seen him. And they're like, oh, do tell, crazy person in camel clothes. You got a little, you know, locust there in your teeth. Please tell us more. His testimony pointed towards Christ. His testimony was, was a personal thing. But guys, also, he lived out what he believed. He lived out what he preached. Do works save us? I guess that's the million dollar question, isn't it? Do works save us? No. They don't save us a bit. But the thing you and I must understand today is it doesn't save us, but if we are truly saved, then we want to bring glory to God. And so there are going to be works that follow, and our works should mirror what we say about ourselves. Don't go out here and tell people, well, I go to First Baptist Church as you're, you know, sinning. Don't, don't say that you're a, you know, you're an upstanding member when you're not an upstanding person outside these windows and these doors. We need to be living what's, what we say. I guess that's where the personal side comes in too, right? People, people appreciate you being personal about it. People appreciate being real. I've learned one thing in ministry. People can tell if you're real or not. If you go out and try to do ministry and you're not real, they're going to see right through it. What the world needs, yeah, they need us just to be real. Man, I'm a sinner, but God is good. In our testimony, it should match the works in our lives. What you do, what you say, how you live, it should match what you're saying about yourself. Because here's the thing, a lot of us are saying, I'm a Christian. I'm a Southern Baptist. Yeah, we go out here and we don't live like what a Southern Baptist slash Christian slash follower of God should be living. We're not living like we should be. And here's the thing, people see it. The world sees it. The world sees exactly what's, what you're living. The one thing we can say about John is that he lived out what he preached. He didn't, he didn't just say it, but he was out in the, in the wilderness and he's, he's baptizing people. But all along the way, he's honest with the Pharisees, with the representatives from the Pharisees. He's, he's honest with these people. He's telling them, hey, I'm not Isaiah. I'm not the prophet. I'm not the Christ. I'm not a Christ. I'm just John. I'm just John, and I'm, I love God, and I just want to prepare the way for Messiah. That's what, that's what John was preaching here. And as I look at my testimony, the, the testimony of Daniel, as a pastor, don't you guys think I should probably live like a, like a person who loves Jesus? Everybody's like, yes, you should, Daniel. You're a pastor. Let's turn that mirror around. So should you. <laughs> We're all preachers. We're all proclaimers of the gospel. We all should be living a life that is a good representative of what God has done in our life. Quit making excuses. I know a lot of times we do that. We say, well, I'm just a person. I just... Sometimes I have a temper. Don't tell me about temper. I'm like 100% Irish, okay? I don't want to hear that from you. you. You think I don't deal with temper problems sometimes? Quit looking at me, Joni. 
I'm just kidding. Keep looking at me. She has pretty eyes, don't you think? But John here in his testimony, he's, man, he's just honest. He's pointing to Jesus. He's, he's, he's all these things we're talking about. He's, it's a personal thing. He's like, you know what? I, this is what God has called me to, is to baptize people, to prepare people for Jesus. That, that's what's happening here. And I know things that apparently you don't know because Jesus is here and you don't even see him. Did you miss the star? Did you miss Bethlehem? Did you miss the whole thing that, that was proclaimed in, in times past and now it came true? How did you miss that? You, you guys are so intelligent. You know scripture. How did you miss Jesus? And you know what? These Pharisees continued to miss Jesus. Well, some of them, some of them came to know Jesus. Right? You ever heard of Paul? Paul saw the light. Paul was opened up to seeing the truth of the matter. Today, you and I are blessed by what? The testimony of Paul. It's the testimony that that matters. It's the testimony that we see here. And guys, I want you to understand today, we are not a church that doesn't have anything to say. You may think, well, when it comes to the Bible, I don't have anything to say. Here's what you have to say. I was a sinner and God saved me. Church, we need believers today to go from this place and to testify. And not just to testify in church. When I, when I grew up, we used to do testimony services in church. And those are blessings and they're good. But as evangelistically, we need to be tes- testifying outside the church. Talking to myself, too. Daniel has to watch himself at basketball games sometimes. Sometimes we get calls that we don't think is fair. And sometimes your pastor may yell things that he shouldn't yell. <laughs> God forgive me. Sometimes I yell because my son just swatted a guy and made him look dumb. You know, that's awesome too. But the thing of the matter that, that we got to understand today is everything we do from this place, all that we say, all that we live, everything that we, everywhere we go, it's for the glory of God. Everything you do. Your testimony is, is your word. Your testimony is also your works. Our testimonies are something that, that show people Jesus. Our testimony is something that shows, it shows what God did for us. Our testimonies, they, they need to match what God's doing now. Hey, church, let me ask you a question. Is God good? I saw a lot of heads nodding right then. Amen. Is God good? Has he been good to you? Is he, is he doing great things in your life right now? I, I opened the Word of God, and I'm doing this chronological study this year of the Scriptures, and it's it's interesting, you know, to read it as you're going. Joni's doing it too. We're reading through it, and um, and I get lost sometimes because one thing I said, Joni, I want to I want to journal through this study I'm doing this year. I've been trying to write, but there's so much good stuff. I'm like I'm this kind of person. I can't write fast enough. I'm like, oh, that's good, that's good, you know. But in the Word of God, we see the goodness here. We have a lot to talk about with the world. We have a lot of good to, to talk about. A little earlier, we read out of Psalm 2. I, I picked that scripture on purpose this morning. Psalm 2 is just what Irene talked about. It's a beautiful passage of scripture. It's, you know, it's the, the second psalm that David wrote. I guess it's the second thing he ever wrote, according to here. <laughs> But he writes this song, Psalm chapter 2. He, it's really a testimony of who God is, if you read it. It's not just something that we should just glance over and just say, oh, that's, you know, that's David. That's O David. 
Psalm 2, he talks about what the Lord is going to do. He talks about how God's going to raise up an anointed one. Is he talking about David? David might have thought he was writing about that, but what I know about Scripture is that everything in this Old Testament points to Jesus, points to who he is. David asked that question there in verse 1. He says, why do the nations rage? You guys ever wondered that? Why, why are people always at each other's throats? I noticed there's like a new uh, cable news station coming up on the scene. I don't even know what it's called. But, you know, you have CNN, you have Fox. But there's one that's in the middle now. You know, we're just telling the truth. <laughs> we're just telling the truth. That's all we're doing. What I think we'll find is that there'll still be raging in our nation. There'll still be raging around the world. Why do the nations rage? Why do the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth, they set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Verse 6, he says, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Here David's writing about his testimony, the testimony of who God is. Everything we live, everything we do should point people towards Jesus. I believe David understood that, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't just a perfect guy, was he? David's testimony could have been so much better. Looking back in retrospect, I was like, man, David, you probably really shouldn't be looking at women while they bathe. You know, that's just not a, that's not a good idea, David. Much less a woman named Bathsheba. You know what I mean? Come on now. Can you not see the signs there? She loves taking baths. Just don't look at her, okay? They called her Bathsheba. But here we're seeing this through chapter 2, this idea of earthly kings. And God is king, verse 5. Verse 7. I will tell the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. As I'm looking through this, it's, it's good because our testimony is not of ourselves. I know earlier I said it was personal. It's personal in the sense that you're just telling what God did for you. Our testimony is really about what God's doing. I love that um, in this church, I see God doing a whole lot of stuff. And I can't take credit for it, and you can't either. <laughs> it's God. But it's powerful. It's powerful to see that. It's powerful to know that, that I see people working within this church who maybe 10 years ago wouldn't have been a person known for working within a church, supporting a church, going to Sunday school, going to this, doing that. I, maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe you're like, is Daniel talking about me right now? I, I'm just I'm making observations. Our testimonies are powerful because it's what God has done. And you and I need to be adamant about sharing our testimonies. John the Baptist didn't hold back. He could have just said, you know what? I'm just a good old boy that likes to dunk people's head in water. He didn't say that. He was honest with them. Hey, I'm just preparing them for Jesus. I'm just preparing them for the Christ, not a Christ, the Christ. And by the way, he's here and you're too dumb to see it. What happened to John the Baptist? His head was lopped off, wasn't it? You want to talk about politics and what it does in the life of the church? <laughs> you guys are like, yeah, I've been to a business meeting. I've been there before. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Our business meetings are fun here. But when politics takes place, when, when, when like people's schemes and people's plans override what God wants to do, we miss it every time. The Pharisees, man, they could have 
they, they had scripture, they had knowledge, they could, have, they could have ushered in Jesus like that, but they missed it because they had their own agenda. Their testimony was about themselves and not about God, not about what God is doing. And our call, our caution today is to be a people who say, God, not your will. No, that's not right, is it? We look to God and we say, not my will, but yours. The world wants to say that. My will. You know, it's my truth. You guys ever heard that? Just live out your truth. I, I, that irritates me. I don't know if it's a generational thing, but when people say, well, you just, you just need to, to tell people your truth. You know what the truth is? Jesus. That's the truth. There's no multiple truths. There's one truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And here's one thing I know about mankind is we're all trying to get to God. And there's only one way, and that's Jesus. There's no other way. And while we are sitting here today in this nice warm building on nice comfortable pews listening to the best preacher in McLeod, Oklahoma, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. But as we're sitting here this morning and we're enjoying what's normal to us, what's what what maybe is just like, you know, it's, it's just like what we've always done on Sunday mornings. That may be your testimony today. Guys, focus on your true testimony, the fact that if it wasn't for Jesus, you'd be lost. And use that testimony. Go and tell people about what God's doing. Point people to Jesus. If you're wondering, I don't know how to help these people that are, that are dealing with marital problems. I don't know how to help these people that are dealing with addiction. I don't know how to help these people that are just in a bad way. Point them to Jesus. He's the answer. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And our testimonies are that, that goal that we should be focusing on. It's, it's something that God can use within us. That God uses sinful man to point people to. Him and not us. Testimony is powerful. I'm thankful today that as I look at the story of John the Baptist, that he didn't relent and pull back. He knew who these guys were. They were basically assassins that had came to take him out because he was rubbing the system the wrong way. But he doesn't pull back. He's just he's just John. He's just John the Baptist, and he just tells them the truth, and they probably don't really like it. As you guys know, next week we're going to talk about baptism. We're going to talk about John the Baptist baptizing Jesus. What that means, why it happened in that way. But, but what's interesting is I, I wonder if these guys who had been sent from the Pharisees hung around to see Jesus get baptized. I wonder if they noticed anything. It's kind of something to think about. I ask you guys to read through the book of John as we're going through the book of John and, and just to, to bring, uh, bring your guns loaded on Sundays that, that you're ready to hear the word of God. But, but here we see that, that John is just giving his testimony. He's just living out his life as best as he can and pointing people to God. And guys, that's our call today because guess what? Jesus is coming again. Do you believe that, church? Jesus is returning. It's not just something we say. It's not just something that we're just like, ah, oh, yeah, Jesus is coming back. Uh-huh. Now, I'm excited about it. Like, I'm ready for him to come back, you know, before it gets cold again. I'd, re- I'd love for Jesus to come back before we have another really bad cold snap because I hate cold. But, but don't come back before I get to go to a beach. That's what we say. That's how we live. Jesus is coming back, and our testimony is powerful. And I, I pray that we as a church, that we're guilty of sharing our testimony with people 
each and every week. It's not our power. I mean, it's man, I can sit here and tell people how good Daniel is all day long, but it's not going to change them. But if I tell them, you know what? At one time, Daniel wasn't where he needed to be. Jesus saved me. My eyes were opened by the work of the Holy Spirit. The love of the Father was bestowed upon me. And because of what Jesus did at the cross today, I'm saved. And now I'm able to live a life that's, that's glorifying to God. And here's the thing. All have sinned. All have fallen short of God's glory. But the gift of God that I have been given, it gives me eternal life. And guess what? You can have it too. That's, that's what we need to be doing. That needs to be a normal conversation we have with our friends and our family people we run into at weird places. Our testimonies are powerful. Our testimonies are something we can always have right there. We can always have our testimony to share with people who might need it. As you bow your heads this morning, I want to pray for, for you, the church, this morning, that God would begin to do a work within us. If you're not sure what, to, what your testimony is, go home. Like I said earlier, go home, write it out. Just write your testimony out. When I was nine years old, I was... At VBS, I heard the call of the gospel. The Lord changed me. How did he change me? He kept me from going down a road that was, that was the way to death. And the gift I got out of it wasn't a big name or ultimate talents. The, what I got out of it was eternal life because God loved me. Your testimony is powerful. Today, if you don't have a testimony, you've never come to know Christ. Today, the Holy Spirit of God will speak to you. I believe he's calling people to him. And if you're in this place now or if you're listening later, I want you to understand something that the Holy Spirit, if he's talking to you at this moment, don't disregard it. Because you too can have a good testimony and live a life that's pleasing to God. Father, we love you and we thank you for this place. God, I pray for these believers that are here. Lord, as we go into this last song of worship this morning, I pray that we would sing from our hearts that this would be the testimony of the church today. That God is good. And Lord, I pray that we leave this place and that with our lives we sing praises to you. With our lives we, we live a testimony that points people to you. We live a testimony that, that is true to who we are. God, help us to, to live life like we should, to, to love like we should. Because we know you're coming back. You've given us this awesome opportunity to prepare the way to tell others about you. Lord, if there are those who do not know you today, and Father, you are working on their hearts and you're talking to them and you're opening their eyes to the truth of the gospel today. God, I pray that today that it would happen or that you would save them from the fiery pits of hell. And today, God, they would glory in the fact that they've been saved. God, that they've been saved by a good and gracious God. In your most holy name, amen.